0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: I do want to talk a little bit about spiritual gifts today so that you understand about those spiritual gifts, and that's why I'm calling it. Discover your divine design, and one of the best places to do that is to find it through your spiritual gift, because God gives out spiritual gifts. Now, when I find that when God gives a gift, His gift is a divine gift that He wants me to have specifically for me. Now, that doesn't mean that if there are 7 billion people on planet Earth, there are 7 billion gifts. No, there's just a handful of gifts, and they're found in primarily three passages of Scripture. Some people say that there are 7 gifts, and they just use the one in Romans. Others say that there are 9 gifts. Others say 16 gifts. I read an article where one great Bible teacher said there are 100 spiritual gifts, including the gift of martyrdom. And I got thinking, how would you like to know you got that gift? You know, you get to use it once. It's over. That's it. So again, I want you to know that you've been given a spiritual gift. But God's gifts are wonderful gifts. They're perfect gifts. They're divinely designed for you in mind. All right. That being said, let me ask how many of you have gotten some um, gifts from other people? Think about Christmas. Think about Mother's Day. Think about Valentine's. Think about your birthday. What are some gifts that you had? What were some of the most unusual, wacky gifts that you had ever gotten? The wackiest gift that it might have been. Think about that for a moment. The dumbest gift. Sometimes the dumbest gifts I get are those when I go to these Christmas parties and they want to do the white elephant thing. You ever see those? And I always seem to get the weirdest gift at those white elephant things, all right? I don't know how I get it, but maybe it's because a pastor, he's got to get that wrapped up roll of toilet paper. I don't know, but that's what I get. On the other hand, there are gifts that are important that we have. Think about the most important gift that you got, not spiritually, now, just in your life. Someone gave you a gift. What do you think was the most important gift that you got? Maybe we have someone listening to me today that you need to have a kidney transplant. And there was someone who had a kidney that matched you, and they gave you their kidney so that you can then function without having to be hooked up to a dialysis machine. However that might be, that might be the most important gift that you got. Here's another one. Think about all the gifts you've gotten ever since you were a child up to today. What gift is the gift that you got You enjoyed it. It was important to you. Maybe not the most important, but it was important so much so that that gift you have now, you're still using it. It's a gift that it's the go-to gift. Maybe it's a particular tool in your toolbox. Maybe it's something in your drawer if you're a chef or something. There's some particular gift that you got that is your go-to gift, and it's very important, and you still use that gift today, whatever it might be. Now, you can see how you value those gifts that are in this life. Well, God says, I have some gifts for you that I want you to have. Now, today, I'm not going to be going through all the lists of all the gifts. I want to go a little bit deeper than that. I want to tell you not just about what the gifts are, but a little bit more about your divine design. So let's begin very much at the beginning, because we have to understand these spiritual gifts. So here they are. First of all, what are the three greatest gifts that you get when you come to know Christ as your Savior? You might want to jot these down. So this message today will only begin at the beginning of someone's salvation experience with the Lord. So maybe your first question might be, are you absolutely certain of going to heaven when you die? And if you are, then you'll understand these are three gifts that you got the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior. Well, the first one doesn't take rocket science. When you trusted Christ as Savior, the first gift you got was eternal life. And you might want to write that down. That means it's not just um, a fire insurance merely, but it's an eternal life. It's a quality of life. It is Christ's eternal life. It's the eternality of Christ. So you have eternal life, and it's found in His Son, Jesus Christ. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son does not have life. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when you trust Christ as Savior, what does He give you? He gives to you eternal life. You might want to look at the verse in Romans 6.23. It says, For the wages of sin, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Circle the phrase, free gift of God. If it's a gift of God, that means you got it not because you deserved it, because you're a good person or whatever. You didn't get that gift because of something that you'll do to keep that gift. You didn't get that gift because of some money that you paid. You got that gift as a divine, sovereign act of God that He gave to you Now again, he offered that to you, he gave it to you, he paid for that gift, he will not take that gift away, but as any gift, Christmas, birthday, Valentine's, Mother's Day, Father's Day, it isn't our gift until we take that gift, until we receive that gift. Now the big question is, is how do I receive the gift? Again, it's not through church membership, water baptism, or anything else. I receive the free gift of God by placing my faith alone in Jesus Christ. If you've got that, say, "Uh uh-huh. All right, you should get it because you hear that here nearly every Sunday. But I want to take it a step further. You need to know Christ as your Savior. You need to then, when you trust Him as Savior, understand that you get the second gift, which is His Spirit. Now we're drilling down deeply towards spiritual gifts. When you trust Christ as Savior, you get all of the Holy Spirit. There is no second act of grace. There's no second blessing from the Lord that if you do this, you weep and wail, gnash your teeth, fast, pray, whatever, and finally you get more of the Spirit. No, you get all of the Spirit the moment you trust Christ as Savior. The real question is, is after you've trusted Christ as Savior, now is, does He get all of you? Now, he may get all of you the moment you trust Christ because you're fully committing to him and by faith alone. But now a moment by moment yieldingness to him. But when you trust Christ to Savior, you, you get the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot I could teach on the Spirit. We've covered a lot of that in John. when We went through the, ver- the the book of John verse by verse. But the one part I want you to know is that the spiritual gift that we get from the Lord is wrapped up in the Holy Spirit. It is a, it is a spiritual gift from the Lord when we get eternal life by trusting Christ as Savior. So immediately when you trust Christ as Savior, you get eternal life, you get the Holy Spirit, and you get number three, which would be a special ability to accomplish God's purpose in your life. A special ability to accomplish God's purpose in your life. That would be wrapped up in that spiritual gift. So that gift is a special God-ordained ability that you have been given so that you can accomplish His purpose in your life, ultimately to bring glory unto Him. So let's look at that again. If you will, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. All right? It says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, and in your Bible it says, distributing spiritual gifts to each one individually as He wills. So let's read it backwards. You get your gift because He wills you to have a gift. He also individually gives you a gift. That means the gift you have is a special gift that God wanted you to have. So that means don't want someone else's gift, accept and realize that your gift is a gift from the Lord to be used. Then it says distributing. When you look up that word in the Greek, it actually means the word divide or to distribute. I like to use it this way. When I was um, growing up as a boy, um, in our house, we... I'm only second-generation American, U.S. Um, My family's from Switzerland. The other family's from Czechoslovakia. So we brought a lot of the European culture with us when we came. I'm more Swiss than anything else. And what they would normally do overseas is that they would celebrate Christmas more on Christmas Eve than Christmas Day. I don't know, maybe you do that or not, but that's how they did it there, and that's what we grew up. That was our tradition. It actually worked real well when we got married. You know why? Because at my family's house... We could open up our gifts with my family on Christmas Eve and Carol's mom and dad on Christmas morning. So there was never what house we were going to go to. It all worked out fine. But I remember my dad. My dad was um, probably the happiest man I'd ever known. He was one of those guys that he smiled all the time. And when he smiled, whatever way God made his eyes, they would disappear. So when he'd smile, it'd be, you know, and you couldn't see his eyes. He was just a happy man wherever he went. Wherever he went, he'd, he'd, he'd sprinkle joy, pixie dust everywhere he went. Now, even though he was a grown man at Christmas, the only thing he wanted to do at Christmas for us as his little tradition was to wear one of those dinky little Christmas hats with the point on it. You know how they have an elf hat, I guess. I guess that would be it. He would go under the tree, and then he would then hand everybody their gifts. Now, why am I telling you that story? In a little bit, that's like the Lord. He distributes those gifts. He divides up who gets what, but it still has the source of God. God gives you your gift. So I would hope that by now that you would then be willing to receive whatever gift he gave you with joy. The receiving part, you got it. You didn't have a choice. But now the joy part is your decision. Now, the other part of that is to know more about your gift. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But for right now, I want you to know that He gave you eternal life, the free gift. Number two, He gave you the Spirit. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.5. 5. It says, now He who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us, circle that, the Spirit. So God gave you the Spirit. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. It's a gift from Him. It's His Spirit. And it's a pledge that this is a done deal. It's a sealed deal with Him. And then it says distributing, giving spiritual gifts. You can circle that. So all of those are gifts from the Lord. And sometimes I I look at you today and I I really do love each one of you. Uh, some I know better than others. And I just, I get so excited on Sunday morning. Someone asked me, how early do you get here on Sunday? I seven o'clock. I just can't wait for church to start. I can't wait when I see the cars pulling in and the activity on the lanai. I just, I really love you. But I look at you this morning during this message a little differently. You know what I look at you this morning? I look at you as a Christmas present that's all wrapped up in a box. And all I see would be the ribbon, the bow, the paper, and maybe the size of the box, okay? But I see the box. And that would be like a gift, that you are God's gift to the church, you are God's gift to me, you also are God, God, Christ's gift to God because he died for you. But I also know that inside of you is a spiritual gift. And I hope that through this message and subsequent activities we have for you, that in a way you'll untie the the bow, you'll peel off the ribbon, you'll pop off the lid, and you'll be able to discover God's gift that he's given to you. Because it's a gift that he wants you not only to have, but he wants you to work on, to grow in it, but he also wants you to demonstrate that particular gift to others. Now let me make some things clear, because a lot of people hear these messages and they start redefining it based on their traditions and maybe what they've heard. Some people think that a gift is playing the piano. Some people think it's a gift if you're a great artist or you can dance real well or whatever it might be. They call those gifts. And they might be, but I think if I want to be more true to Scripture, I more refer to those as talents. I like to split that here. I like the hair to be you have a talent and you have a spiritual gift. And how I like to explain that is a talent is a unique ability. And true, God did give you that because all good gifts come from above and they're from the Lord, common grace and salvation grace, but God gave you that talent. So in a sense, it's a gift, but I would rather refer to it more as a talent. That's a natural ability that still came from God that he gives to everybody. All right? That means you were born, and once you're born the first time, not your spiritual birth second time, but the first time, that's your talent. Your spiritual gift still comes from the Lord, but this is a little different. Both you ought to use to the Lord. Everything brings glory to the Lord. But now this is a special divine enablement. Now that gift was not given to you when you were born the first time. That gift was given to you the moment you trusted Christ. So the talent comes when you were born the first time. The spiritual gift was given to you when you were born the second time, when you trusted Christ as Savior. Now, to discover those gifts, certain things have to happen in your life. I'm going to speak to it now, and I'm going to open that up a little bit later on in the message. Here's the first part of it. Um, What about the talent of musicians? We are blessed with a lot of wonderful musicians. Some we heard today, some we'll hear next week, and the others. So how how grateful I am for talented people that God has brought to our fellowship. That being the case, when did they get that talent? They got it very similar to the talents of great uh, composers. I enjoy music. I enjoy music by the great bees. Beethoven, Bach, and the Beach Boys, actually. All right? So I like that kind of music. So let me talk a little bit about Beethoven. Now, when Beethoven, he was given his talent, I believe, God's mind, given his talent, not a spiritual gift, not talking salvation, just a natural man, Beethoven. That was latent inside of him. But it did not emerge until certain things happened in Beethoven's life. One, in order for him to play the piano so well and compose all of this, he had to have strong enough and long enough fingers to be able to reach the right keys and have the dexterity to know how to just make those keys work, uh, make his fingers work over those keys. The other thing he had to have was a certain degree of melodic mentality so that he could be able to either hear sounds or quickly pick up by looking at various um, notes on a page what those sounds looked like and the mental acuity to be able to put those together to make the beautiful music that he had today. But to do that, he didn't do it when he was one year old or two years old or three years old. He had to, here's the word, mature physically, mentally, emotionally, and maybe to some degree socially. And once he began to mature Then his talent began to emerge. So as he matured, talent emerged. The same is true with Christians. Christians get their spiritual gift the moment they trust Christ as Savior. It is latent inside of them, whatever their age would be. But that gift really won't start coming out and becoming visible for us to be able to be helped or enjoyed by that person's gift until that person matures. Some physically, emotionally, socially, I get all that, but more spiritually. That's why there are some Christians that... They look around and they say, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know how to get a gift. I don't know what. And you look at their life, and that doesn't mean they didn't get a gift just because they don't know what their gift is. There could be many reasons they don't know what their gift is. A primary one, and I say this as kindly, as merciful, as graciously as I can, could be that that Christian has not really grown in the Lord. Well, I've been saved for so many years, and I've been to church. You can grow old in Christ without growing up in Christ. You know the difference? And so maybe that would be the case the more we're growing up and maturing in Christ by getting into His Word and letting His Word get into our life and by His Spirit we yield to that and we're making the choices so that God can create the nurturing growth in our life, then we'll start finding that, whoa, I got all of this stuff and I, I want to tell people. I want to help people. I want to come alongside hurting people. I want to do something with them. And all of a sudden, boop, out comes the music, so to speak, of their spiritual gift as they begin to mature. So again, if you're struggling with discovering your gift, You might begin to look first at, am I growing in the Lord so I can discover my gift? That's the difference between a talent and a spiritual gift, so you'd have that understanding. There's one more to throw in there, and that's called personality. People want to know, when did I get my personality? Because that does shape you. Let me say it this way. Your spiritual gift is your supernatural motivation. Your personality is your natural motivation. Everybody has a personality. Some people say, well, you don't know my mother-in-law. I know. Nobody has a bad personality. Some have a good one, some don't have a good one, but we all have a personality. It's what you do with your personality that makes it good or bad. If you're kind and sweet at 7 and real nice at 17 and 27, you know, you'll be kind and sweet when you're 77. If you're a jerk at age 17, you probably won't even live to be 70 because you'll be shot or something. But anyway, the point of the matter is what you do with your personality that makes it count. That's not what I'm teaching today. When we do the special Discover Your Divine Design seminar, I will be parking on the whole aspect of the importance of knowing that you have been divinely designed with a personality. It was given to you in your mother's womb. 60% of it was now shown to you by the time you were 2 years old. By the time you were 6 years old, you had over 80% of it. And I'll explain how that was developing. And that's all part of God's divine plan for you to be who you are and what He wants you to do. That's not today's message, but I needed to put that in there so you know that you're a composite of a lot of other things. Experiences, personality, ability, passion, but also the dynamic of a spiritual gift. So now you know you're what you get when you trust Christ as Savior. You get eternal life by faith alone. You also get the Holy Spirit, and you get a spiritual gift. Now, before I give you the next point, I want you to lean into what I'm about to tell you right now. There are some people that are so excited about hearing about spiritual gifts that they might want to have their friends, hey, you want to discover your gift, come, learn, all of that. I really, according to Scripture, do not believe that an unsaved person has a spiritual gift. So, it becomes almost impossible, or nigh impossible, for that person then to go and learn about spiritual gifts and discover a spiritual gift that they don't have if they're not a Christian. Did you catch what I'm saying? What might be discovered is a little bit of a penchant based on passion or or talent, because we said unsaved people have that. But a spiritual gift, no. So, if you bring them to a spiritual gift inventory seminar, you go through these assessments if you choose to do that, and they don't know Christ as Savior then um, I'd be hard-pressed to be able to say, oh, you discovered your spiritual gift. Certain things might show up, but I don't know that that's a spiritual gift or not because you only get that when you trust Christ as Savior. That's why it's important for you to accept Christ as Savior. That's why, folks, when I pastor, when I preach, wherever I go, I will always give the gospel because I don't want them to lose out in eternal life with the Lord. I don't want them to miss the Holy Spirit. I don't want them to miss what God designed them for this life. So I want them to have eternal life, but I also want them to feel fulfilled, and fruitful in this life, and that all comes from their gift. Now that all being said, let's go a little bit deeper here and answer the question, how important are my spiritual gifts? So in other words, God is the giver, he's the source, it all goes back to him by the way we live for his glory, but what about my gifts, what my gifts are? Now I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you know your gift or not, Some people do. Some people even think God changes gifts. They give him a gift for this, and they give him a gift for that, at this time in life or that event in life. And I think there is some understanding. I can see some of that teaching. But I also see where God's gifts are unchangeable. So I lean more in the direction that once you have a spiritual gift, um, you're going to have that gift. Are you tracking with me? I'm giving you a lot of information. I hope I'm not overloading you. I believe that there is what I call a primary gift, and there may be a secondary gift. The primary gift is what God wants you to know, own, develop, use in ministry. And that doesn't mean you have to be a a missionary in Africa, but it means that you've chosen to live your life to make a spiritual impact on other people. That's ministry. Okay, it's not just, well, if they come by, I'll kind of tell them about Jesus. I mean, you are passionate about that. That being the case, you're going to operate in your gift set. That's where you're going to roll with your time. That's what you're going to roll with your emphasis. That's what you're going to roll with your energy. That's what you might roll more with your money. That's your spiritual gift. On the other hand, there's going to come a time when there's what I call, and this is my term, a present distress. A present distress is we have immediate need for fill in the blank. So what you're going to do is you're going to go after whatever that is only as secondary. Watch this. As long as you're not solving the problem of that present distress and while you're solving that problem, you're creating a greater problem in your primary area of ministry. Did you catch what I'm saying? And that's when you got people jumping all over the place. So yes, you ought to go to this other one, but don't let it create more damage over here. Otherwise, we're, we're kind of one arm is hitting the other arm in the muscle, and we're really not accomplishing a healthy body for personal growth. All right, so keep that in mind so you understand about spiritual gifts, that you have a primary gift, and then you have a secondary area of giftedness. Now listen carefully. Do you have all of the spiritual gifts? Do you? I don't believe so. Do you have more than one? Possible. But right now, I'll just, one is good enough. Okay, I got enough to do with one, basically. So if God gives me more, I think, thank you, Lord. And maybe He has. And I've taken those inventories, and there may be some interest and some direction there, but we have one. Stay with me on this thought. Now, if you have that particular gift, what happens then when you are called upon to serve in the body of Christ outside of your giftedness? What would you do then? I like to look at it this way. I like to use Christ again. He is the giver of the gift. He's the source of the gift. He is the result of my gift. He's the purpose for my gift to bring glory to him. So it's all about Christ. Now that being the case, now my question is, is not how many gifts do I have? The question is, is how many gifts does Jesus have? How many does he have? And so I look at his life and I have to say, logically, theologically, he's complete. And so he has all the gifts. Now where does Christ live? Christ lives in me, the hope of glory, Colossians 1. So if he lives inside of me with all of the gifts while he has given me a gift, I now have at my disposal the the, uh, ability to be able to dig into the Jesus who's inside of me, to be able to pull out that gift that Christ has, and now I'm still ministering not with my gift in that particular area, but with his gift that he has. So that means I can still live a Christ-like life with character. I can also minister outside of my ability set because I have my spiritual ability in Christ, that gift. But I also have Christ in me, so I have all the ability in Christ. So it's still all centered around Christ. So while today in the seminar I might make a big deal about the gifts... I, want not, I also don't want to make too big of a deal about the gifts either so that you know that no matter what, God still lives in you through Christ and he has all of that, so he has all the source for you to be able to live godly. I'm a partaker of his divine nature, Scripture says, so I have all of it in Christ. Now, how important are my spiritual gifts? Here's number one. My gifts show God's plan for my life in church. My gifts show God's plan for my life in church. So let me speak to both of those since I selected those two terms, my life and my church. So here's my question to you. Are you at a crossroads in your life right now? Are you at a crossroads? Are you at a crossroads because you are going to be getting out of military? I'm just grabbing things out of the air. Are you seeing that your job, your place of employment is in such a way that you might need to be making changes or those changes might be made for you so you're at a crossroads in your life? Are you in a crossroads in a relationship with someone else and together you're going to build a life and you're at a crossroads there? You know, Carol and I have had multiple crossroads in our life. You know, every ministry we've come to to help serve and every ministry that we left and things that we did and purchases that we made and and where we're going with our money and all of that kind of stuff, they're all at a crossroads. And when we face a crossroads, my greatest question now is, Lord, what road do you want me to take? I want to go where God is going in my life. I don't want to go and then ask God to join me. I want to follow where God is going. Are you you grabbing all of this? So I know that God has a plan for my life. Yes, always bring glory to him. But specifically, how does he want me to do that? One of those areas, again, is wrapped up in spiritual gifting. So if you have not discovered some of those things I've already spoken about, your experiences, your abilities, your personality, your passion, etc., how is it that you're going to find what you're going to do? We begin then to make decisions based on, well, I think I can do that, or I'd kind of like to do that, or that door's opened, or I don't know, maybe I'll just try this for a while.
0: You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear.